Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about my idea for a podcast network, which I've sort of teased about a little bit in the past, but I'll be able to tell you more about it today, and an upcoming coaching case study related to podcasting and in a, in a new show that's coming out. So I have teased that I was interested in other podcast uh, like shows and maybe adding another one to this Doug show area. But instead, what happened earlier in 2021 was I started a new show with my friend Carl Jensen. I've talked about it a lot. It's about financial independence called Mile High Fi. And it's been going great. One of the reasons why I partnered with Carl is we get along really well and we had a nice time chatting. Plus, from a strategy standpoint, Carl has been in the financial independence and personal finance industry for probably like eight years, something like that. I think he started his blog in 2012 or 2013, and he's fairly well-known, respected, and has a lot of contacts, which is really helpful for getting guests And it's been helpful going to conferences and being introduced to people and just kind of taking advantage of the people that he knows. And of course, I mean, I I have a similar kind of relationship with people in the affiliate marketing area and online business area. So, I mean, we bring some skills and network to the table. So I ended up starting that show with Carl. And one of the reasons why I, I have moved over to the personal finance area is because it's a little bit more interesting for me right now because that is the thing that I'm learning about and it's newer ideas, newer concepts. And from the business standpoint, it's actually, in my opinion, a bigger market overall. This side hustle and affiliate marketing space is fantastic and I love it. That's where I came from. But the personal finance area has a broader appeal and really they kind of go hand in hand as far as I could tell. At least I have internalized many of the ideas in the same way. So for me, it's just like, you know, the same coin, just the other side. Anyway, Carl and I had been talking about pulling together a network and maybe have other shows on it and he was interested in in that sort of thing too. So we decided to basically have a personal finance podcast network. We had a couple ideas for shows and there was one specific that seemed to be pretty easy to implement. Actually, it was based on a whole other podcast network. So there's a podcast network that essentially reads blog posts from different industries. Those might be personal finance, might be health and fitness, might be productivity, fill in the blank. There's a, there's actually several shows on this network and it's been around for a few years. It's the Optimal Daily Podcast Network. It might be called something different, but it's it's something to that effect. One of my friends is hosting one of those shows and I realized, oh, that'd be a really easy one to implement. We would just need to get a host and then we could plug everything else into the system that I've put together and just move forward with that. So we pitched the idea to one of our friends and she was on board immediately to work on the network and have a show. We did let her know if she had other ideas 
that we were open to it and they actually came up with a better idea. I'll tell you about it when I get to the coaching case study portion. For now, let's just talk about why I was interested in starting a podcast network. And I'll give you a little bit of a status on what the heck is going on currently and how things have gone differently than I've expected and how I might adjust. So this is going to be fairly raw, but you'll be able to understand why I'm making some decisions and seeing how things are going. This will all make sense once I get to the actual points. Number one, why would I work on a podcast network? Well, it's really fun. I like podcasting a lot. You have heard me mention probably several times that I do actually prefer podcasting over the YouTube side. YouTube has wonderful metrics and analytics and has a potential viral component so that you can grow a little bit more quickly. At the same time, all of those pros have a con. It's a double-edged sword. And sometimes all those metrics and all the analytics will kind of put you on a content treadmill where the more videos you publish, the more clickbait of a title, the sexier of a thumbnail you get, the better your channel does and you end up maybe working on videos that you don't want to do. And I found myself in that position a couple years ago. And if you take a look at my channel now, you'll notice a lot of the recent videos are just, they're long form interviews that I do for the podcast that I happen to also publish over on YouTube. So there has been steady growth on YouTube, but it's not accelerating. It's not growing any faster than it used to. And it's totally fine. I mean, I've it's a trade-off, right? I, I didn't want to get burned out creating videos. And I think probably about once a quarter or so, maybe maybe not quite that often, I will jump in, do a little keyword research, think about the videos I'm about to publish, and publish them in the hopes that they will actually bring in new subscribers, new viewers, and you know, bring in just more audience to the channel. But I try not to do that too often or put too much pressure on any one given video. Now I say that, and like anyone else, I go in and look at the metrics right away, multiple times a day, whenever I publish something. So even though I say that I try to not play the game and stay on the treadmill and all that stuff, I mean, I, I can't help it. I can't help but look at those metrics. They give you so much information. So anyway, podcasting is fantastic. I love the medium. I listened to talk radio when I was a kid and teenager. And all through the years, we had uh, you know a lot of good hosts out of the Atlanta area. And I'm sure, honestly, uh, you know most most bigger cities probably had decent talk radio if they had okay radio stations. Uh, hell, I don't know. I assume so. There's nothing special about Atlanta. So the other part is with podcast growth and opportunity in the future, just in general, I see more people are interested in podcasts. It's far more mainstream. The audiences that are out there are very, uh, there, it's niche in a very good way. So like with this show, it's not a huge audience, but the people listen. There's a lot of you out there listening. 
and there are more mainstream topics out there, one of which being you know personal finance. And that's one of the reasons why I've been leaning in that direction. And it looks like a, a pretty great opportunity. So when I started talking to Carl about the idea and he was on board, I also was chatting with my friend, Matt Giovannisi, who's been in podcasting a lot longer than I have. And he mentioned basically being able to pull together the podcasts within a network and then have better negotiating if you are working on ad deals, which it's something I knew was a possibility, but he spelled it out specifically and asked if that was one of the reasons I was moving forward with it. So once that hit me, just in a very obvious way, since Matt asked about it, I started thinking a little bit bigger. And I also took a look at some of the press kits that other podcasts have. And sometimes those will have the number of social media followers, other metrics in their email list. They'll have like sort of the all-encompassing audience information in, in the full span. And when I looked at some of the the podcasts that have multiple hosts, sometimes each one of those people are listed. So when I stepped back and I thought about what Carl and I have separately, and then what we're, we're doing with Mile High Fi, I realized that Carl has a lot of Twitter followers. I have a lot of YouTube subscribers. I have an email list and Carl does too. So when you put all of that together, we have a fairly big platform and He's much bigger on Twitter and I'm much bigger on YouTube. So we're kind of filling in the gaps for each other as well. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the advertisers would 100% consider all of that as part of the package or, you know, Carl and I may not be willing to do sponsored tweets for a specific product or anything like that, but it does paint the picture that we have quite a big platform. Now, when you add on top that we potentially have other shows that can have a bigger following, they maybe are hosted by people that have a big following on TikTok, maybe. Then it makes a lot of sense to have sort of like a a larger network with a few shows. And I mean, really just having like two or three or four shows would make it much easier to negotiate with advertisers and have, you know, one representation, one person representing all of the podcasts to do the negotiation. So the other part is I have figured out a pretty good system for producing and publishing the podcast, getting them over on YouTube and have an editor Basically, I could just have someone host a show, create the raw audio files, and then get it to my editor, and then everything else kind of falls in place. There are people that can work on the thing that they specialize in. So the systems are there, the resources are there, and all we have to do is plug in to the system, and it's much easier for a new podcast host to hop on and be part of the network versus them having to figure out where do I host this podcast? How do I edit things? Do I need to edit things? Are transcripts important? What is important? They don't have to figure out all those details. They could just come and learn exactly what they need to. 
again, plug right into the systems that are already in place. And the final benefit, which is probably the top thing that I was thinking of initially is just the ability for cross-promotion within the network. So if you listen to some of the other bigger podcasts out there, especially that are part of a network, specifically that are part of a network, then you probably have heard the little trailers that will promo other podcasts so that you'll have a listen. And most of the time they're on the same network. Sometimes there's cross promotion, what seems to be across networks and it could be a paid ad. Maybe they are connected in some way and we just don't know it, but the cross promotion is great. So when a new show launches, they can get listeners like on day one, right away. As soon as they launch and put some shows out, they can essentially siphon off some of the traffic, some of the listeners from other shows within the network. So to me, that made a lot of sense, especially because I think some of the other shows that we'll have on the network potentially have more appeal, more mass appeal, and potentially a larger audience than what Carl and I are doing at Mile High Fi. Carl and I are specifically covering certain topics and we have, you know, our personalities, which not everyone is uh, interested in hearing our opinions. We know that. It's not for everyone. Anyway, so that cross-promotion could be a great thing, especially when we potentially can get other hosts, again, that have bigger audiences that they could bring to the table right away just because they're well-known in blogging or social media or whatever. So that is... That's sort of the main driver for this podcast network. And before I talk about the upcoming coaching, let's hear from our sponsor today. Thanks to Ezoic for sponsoring this episode, especially their new product, Leap. Leap provides everything from optimization features to diagnostics so that websites can pass core web vitals. It was built for publishers, and in fact, it's free to people that monetize with Ezoic. And it allows visitors to load pages instantly using Ezoic Cloud to serve new core web vital friendly ads using lightning fast server side Ezoic Edge technology. And basically, Ezoic helps your site load faster and get those green core web vitals. And you can also simplify speeding up your site and cut the cost so you can optimize everything from code to content using the features designed to eliminate the need for costly third-party technology and plugins. And basically what happens, and this happened to me, you try to add more and more plugins to optimize to maybe minimize your CSS or minimize your JavaScript or something like that. And you end up with several different plugins and technologies, but basically you can just use Leap. And generally, and this is the stats that Ezo excites, the average site is able to remove 3.5 optimization features, technologies, or plugins, saving them $250 per year when they are using Leap for free. So thanks a lot to Ezoic and be sure to check out Leap. Now let's talk about the upcoming coaching case study about podcasting. 
basically, we're going to follow along and I'm going to help coach the new hosts of the show over on the Mile High Fi Network. The show is going to be called Pennies and Popcorn. And I'll tell you a little bit more about the show in a few minutes here. But right off the bat, I want to mention that my initial idea for the show didn't work out. So it's actually still what I believe to be a good idea to read those blog posts that are already out there. seems to be a very easy way to come up with content and generally short form content. I had further validation that this was a very good idea because another podcast network is essentially doing the same thing. They added a show to their network. I think they publish five days a week. I'm not 100% sure of their publishing schedule, but essentially they are reading blog posts out there and providing a little commentary. So they also found the idea usable and potentially productive. The thing is, it's you know, much bigger network than what Carl and I would be working with. However, in my opinion, it still validates the idea. So here's what happened. I pitched the idea to Robert and Carla for this rereading of a blog as a podcast and let them know they could pitch other ideas if they wanted to. So after some brainstorming, they did figure out a a very good show. Again, it's pennies and popcorn, and essentially they will be covering TV and movies and talking about the financial, the personal finance aspects of those movies. So I'll give a a quick little example. It's my, my favorite one to give. That is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and it's an old movie. This is going to be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. This is not a huge spoiler, but Clark Griswold wants to buy a pool and put it in his backyard, get a a pool installed out there. And he was counting on money that he did not have yet. He was counting on a bonus. So he sounded like he wasn't going to be able to afford it without getting that bonus. They would potentially cover that and talk about why that's a good approach, why it's a bad approach, potentially talk about other financial aspects in the whole movie, like Cousin Eddie and his family needing to borrow money, living in an RV, and a handful of other things. There's a ton of different topics. So when they pitched the idea, I thought, this is fantastic. You're never going to run out of ideas. You can probably cover different aspects from certain episodes of TV shows. Like there's probably, you know, 20 or 30 or more Seinfeld episodes that you could cover. There are just endless, basically endless places that you can talk about these topics. So as soon as they pitched it, I was like, yeah, this sounds much better than the derivative idea that I came up with where I basically wanted to just make it as easy as possible. So this is where things have gone a little bit differently than I expected. With the initial idea where a host just reads a blog post, basically we just have to pick the blog post and then the person gives a little commentary, just a few minutes, and that's it. And then we just, we publish them. It's very straightforward. This new idea, Pennies and Popcorn, 
that, well, there's going to be a little bit more editing involved. Clips will be played and it's a little bit more complicated in general. Nothing impossible, but a little bit more complicated. Now, this is where it went even kind of more different than I expected. So, one of the benefits of having a network and taking advantage of the fact that I have all my systems set up already and I have an editor that I'm already employing and I have just everything in place already, Robert and Carla basically wanted to have a lot more creative control. And I'm not against that. They had a specific vision and I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. Um, I think one thing that I'm disappointed in is the fact that they wanted to do their own video editing and audio editing because that takes so much time and so much effort. Now it's good to understand how to do it and to honestly, to suffer through it a little bit, but at the same time, as I mentioned, I have someone on staff already. We literally could have done this for a very reasonable amount. My editor is in uh, the Ukraine. So it's, you know, pretty good pay for her and it's very economic for me. So anyway, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, they've done a really good job editing so far in the sample shows that I have seen. So I don't think it's an issue of quality so much, just more of not utilizing the tools that we have, like the shit that I've already figured out, like it would have been really good to take advantage of that. Now, some things that we were able to take advantage of is just the the hosting company that I use, the plugins that I use, some of the back end stuff makes it, you know, fairly straightforward. None of that's overly complicated though. That that stuff could have been, you know, you could figure that out if you just Google a little bit find which podcast hosting company you want to work with. And then after that, they kind of have everything in place for you. So it was helpful, but not as helpful as I was hoping. And I think that's probably the biggest thing, just, you know, taking on the task of video editing because it will be an audio podcast, but also published on YouTube. So that stuff, I mean, it takes a while to figure out which tool to use, which video editor to use, and then to actually figure out how to use those tools. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I think maybe part of, and not issue, but part of my struggle with it is just giving away the control. So I thought I wanted to have more control over the show. And if it was a simpler show, if it was just rereading blogs that are out there, I probably would have had a lot more control over it. Now, I do realize that a an idea that I've picked up from somewhere else, sure, we'll have our own spin on it. But overall, it's a derivative idea. So at best, most likely, it's going to be not quite as good as the other show that I was trying to mimic. The new show, Pennies and Popcorn, well, that is a a newer idea. I think there may have been some shows that flirted with this topic area, but generally there's not any podcast out there that I know of that cover movies and TV through the lens of personal finance. So it's a lot more, it's a lot more interesting, a little bit more appealing. And one of the things that I love about this idea is 
think it could be fairly viral or at least very interesting on the social media side because you have these funny clips, not necessarily funny, but funny or interesting clips from movies and TV that would be so shareable and potentially a little bit viral on the social media side of it all, where a lot of the stuff that Carl and I talk about on Mile High Fi, they don't have that same that same appeal, or at least Carl and I are not looking at it or thinking about it that way. So it's not as obvious as if you have a whole show where you're thinking about like the funny parts of a specific movie or dramatic parts or interesting parts of movies that you could cover and talk about your commentary, thinking about personal finance. The show might be out at the time that this publishes. If so, I will put a link in the show notes here. I'm pretty sure at least one or two episodes will be out, but this is actually a, a good a good point here. I am not as involved in this show as I thought I would have been just in general. And, you know, part of it is because this is around the holidays and there's, you know, there's some travel, there are, you know, family gatherings and other gatherings. So I'm not, I'm not like pushing too hard or anything like that, but I just don't know as much of what is going on because I haven't been quite as, uh, assertive in general, and I'm not specifically serving like as the project manager. I'm more like an executive producer, just helping out, you know, where, where I can, if I need to help that sort of thing. So the point is the show might be out. I'll link to it. If so, the coaching case study will probably be a monthly situation. I'm not sure maybe quarterly would be better, but I will have a session with Robert and Carla kind of covering some of the early questions that people might have about starting a podcast. And as time goes on, there will be new questions. We're probably going to try and figure out how to market it better. And one of the huge advantages of launching a show on an existing network which this technically the Doug show is not on the Mile High Fi network. This is my own podcast and entity and all that stuff. But I'm, I own it, right? So I will sort of put it with the rest of the, the shows. So we'll have you know, even more negotiating power and I can tell you about the new show so that you'll go check it out. So the advantage of joining a podcast network that already has an audience is you will probably get listeners really quickly on day one when you launch because the other shows are going to be able to push their audience over to you and you'll be, you'll be able to spread the word a little bit faster because you are tapping into a podcast audience. We have another show in the works and I am not sure what the name will be, but I can tell you that Carl will be one of the hosts. I won't be the other host. So hopefully I'll be able to do some executive producing activities just so I can get my hands in there. But Carl will be one of the hosts. They're going to cover something. What, what a tease, right? I, I can't really tell you much about it, but should be interesting. And I'm honestly, I'm not sure if Carl's going to record over here or how he and his co-host are going to interact or record or anything like that. But 
there will at least be three shows over on the Mile High Fi Network. One of them is with Carl and I. One will be with Carla and Robert, and then Carl and his other co-host, which I guess the ink isn't dry yet, so I won't mention who his intended co-host is. I think they're going to work it out, but we'll be able to you know, have three shows out there, plus this Doug show and... I was trying to think if there's like another show that I could do over on the Mile High Fi, but I'm not sure yet. I obviously have my hands full just a little bit with other things I'm working on. And I don't want to work. I don't want to make it stressful. Basically, I don't want to stress myself out having to come up with too many shows per week. And uh, yeah, we don't want it to be stressful. One thing that you might be interested in is Survive the 9 to 5. My wife and I recorded about 20 episodes of a podcast in 2018. It was up for a while. That show was up for a while, even though we stopped recording. And then I moved hosting companies and didn't republish all those shows. Currently, I like uh, Castos as podcast hosting. That's where I have this show. And that's generally where I advise people to, to do their hosting. But I started to upload and republish those shows. So if you search for Survive the 9 to 5, you can check that out. It's kind of funny. I kind of forgot about the show. It was a bit of a test run. I thought it'd be good to learn how to podcast. And my wife was interested. It was things that we were talking about anyway. And we thought, oh, it'd be great to record this like many podcasts. And like I said, we did about 20 shows. And then... Um, people have still been finding it. So I, I guess I mention it here and there. I probably mention it in other podcasts, um, like on this specific show, but it wasn't out there. So occasionally I would hear from people trying to find it. So I started to republish it again. You can search for it on the major podcast players. So survive the nine to five, and you should be able to download those shows. I think there's just a couple of them out there now, but I'll probably start publishing them each week again until we get through, you know, the, the 20 episodes that are out there. And there was even, you know, I talked about doing another show. There was even some talk to restart the survive the nine to five, maybe with a different, uh, host. So me and someone else, but that would, uh, that would be another, another area, another topic area for a podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode. And I hope you'll check out some of the shows over on the mile high fine network. There will be a link in the description if those shows are available. So it'll be really easy for you to get to them. If you are listening to this episode around the time that it publishes, which is the end of the year in 2021, you might be able to get the upcoming free email course that I'm sending out. It's three emails that I send out. I usually do this about once a quarter or so, and it's sort of a, a prerequisite before starting a site. It takes you through some of my backstory working a corporate job and not really being happy. And it's actually pretty relatable. I know a lot of you that are listening are in the same situation and can understand the sadness of having to sit in traffic or really not controlling your time. And I'm just thinking back because I am recording this around the holidays. I'm thinking back, I used to travel from 
either Sunday through Thursday or Monday through Thursday. And I would fly out of town, live in a hotel, work long days. If I was lucky, it was like eight hours. More likely, it was like 12 plus hours. And it was just kind of miserable. I, I did not like it at all. Or if I didn't have to travel, I usually had to sit in traffic. So anyway, I don't want to complain about things here, but you can sign up for that free email course, nichesiteproject.com. Click the green button, enter your name and email, and I will be sending out that three-part email series in January. So it'll be the first week in January when I'm sending that out. As soon as you sign up for the email list, you can get all my templates and systems and things that I use, other resources, and then you're on the email list and you'll get emails when I publish episodes like this or publish other things that I'm interested in sharing with you or otherwise, sometimes I don't link to anything. I just send an email to connect with you, let you know what's been going on. So anyway, I don't want to ramble on too much. I need to head to the gym here and I will catch you on the next episode.